Welcome to Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto Comedians. Last time, Maldar's death caused a Christmas interlude, but now Pobis is still trying to kill the party. You have just seen your comrade Maldar die. The man who killed him, Pobis the wizard, cast the spell, killed Maldar, and is now running down the hallway. You are in the top floor of the warehouse. Finnick is at the the northwest corner in one of the hiding in one of the offices. Fook is in the hallway on the northeast. At the southeast corner is Agata standing dumbfounded at the death, and scattered about the southwest corner is little frozen bits of Maldar. Uh, the center of this is just a solid chunk of wall. Uh, there's a hallway that moves along the southern wall, and there is no hallway along the northern hall, northern wall. The wizard Povis has started to run northwards along the western hallway. Finnick hears the footsteps coming down the hallway, ducks beside the doorframe, readying his dagger of ninja vanish, waiting for Pobis uh, to step foot through the doorway. Fook is now essentially as far away from where he needs to be to take part in this combat as he could possibly be. He doesn't yet realize that Maldar is dead, so he is looking at this huge wall in front of him that is the center U void that's enclosed and he has no idea what's in there and decides... He's going to take the shortest path. He raises his battle axe and hacks away at that wooden wall that's blocking him. With Fook hacking at this wall, it's just a thin wooden wall. And there is space behind it. And in this space, you see that there's a, a filing cabinet that must have been dragged out of one of, the, one of the offices behind you. And that's pretty much all you see. There's, it's just a, just an empty hallway. Uh, you feel that he must have walled up this hallway to hide this cabinet. Fook, tiny, tiny Fook, compresses himself even further and climbs through the hole into the mystery area. Yes. Okay. This was once the hallway that he walled up. Uh, the cabinet is not locked because he never expected anyone to get in here. Inside is a key. Fook pockets that key. There's also a, a sheaf of papers that are bound together with string. Fook grabs it for the hell of it. Agata runs the length of the, 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 the length of the narrow hallway to get into line of sight with Pubis and throws a guiding bolt. The guiding bolt hits him square in the center of his back. He is thrown forward. He is in agonizing pain and he holds his back, but he still keeps moving on. Like he's limping a bit now. Uh, but he is still up on his feet. So he continues to move to the north of the hallway and in that motion moves through the door of the office that Finnick is in. Finnick lashes out at his Achilles heel with his dagger of ninja vanish and then vanishes as well as hides. You stab him right in the calf. You don't quite hit him in the Achilles tendon. He's still able to move, but... He is now hobbled. He was limping before. He is hobbled now. He's moving very slowly. He's bleeding quite a lot. He whips around and does not see where you went because you have hidden from him. But he generally assumes that you're in that general area. He has a choice to make. Does he continue along where he was going or does he 
put down the people who are trying to hurt him? What's more important to him? Your internal monologue is deafening. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to continue with his mission, and he goes to the wall of the hallway, pushes on a certain section of it, and opens the door to the hallway where Fook is standing. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) He is shocked to see a gnome slightly illuminated by the flickering flames from the other hallway. He needs what's in that cabinet. He has to have it. He's going to stop you. From his hands, he casts a spell that causes almost like clouds to form above you. And hailstones pound down as though he has a sprinkler system just shooting hailstones down on you. Fook drops, pummeled by this ice and storm and covered in a small snowbank with the key and the sheaf of papers hidden underneath his body. Finnick, invisible to Pobus, pulls out his short bow and fires directly at the back of his heart. If... Finnick had cared enough about Maldar. We would call this an arrow of retribution, an arrow of avenging. Such as it is, it's just an arrow that pierces the heart of Pobis, sticks out through his chest. He's able to look down at it. He has a half second to think over his life and say, I should have been a gardener before falling dead onto the nearly dead body of Fook. Ooh! That's just gas. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get over here. Okay, don't yell at me telling the bad guy where I am. The, the, bad, the, the bad guy's... It uh, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. But uh, I've got a gnome that I need you to help me carry. Oh, okay. Hang on, I'm going to uh, grab Maldal's pack. I'm coming. And he accidentally hit little frozen bits of his face away. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, Finnick uh, rifles through the pockets of Pobis. There's a key in his pocket. Uh, you also find a little potion of healing. Agata runs up to the hole in the wall that Pobis made and sees the crumpled body of Fook on the ground and runs over and casts a healing spell. Harry, there's so much gas. Oh, ooh, was that, was I dead? Almost, but not quite. I laid hands on you. Oh, well, I enjoyed it. I hope we kept Pobus alive so that we can prove to those people in the forest that he was the bad guy. Uh, no, not really. We were kind of weighing the options of dying versus being killed. So there's a body. You want to throw him in the bag and let's get out of this building that's burning? Sure, I'm sure I could use him for something. Okay. Great. Uh, quickly, does anyone have uh, any healing for me? Just so that, you know, if something falls on me on the way out. I, I have don't... a key. Oh, go. that's a good thing, I'm sure, to get out. Yes, and I've also got this sheaf of, 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 of papers of some sort. Fook looks through them. You see that there's letters addressed to Pobis. You see the mark of the lazy, all-seeing eye. And there is some letterhead... That looks very much like it comes from the city government. Should we check out these other rooms on our way out? Well, I'd like to get out of the burning building. Who knows how long it's going to stay up? Check this out. Finnick uh, uses all of his dashes and, and speeds and everything to just, like, rifle through all the desk drawers on their way to the exit. Well, I went super fast and didn't look at anything, so probably missed a lot. 
Well, that was unimpressive. <laughs> we should find Maldar and get out of here. Uh, uh, Maldar is dead. What? Yeah. Just going to interject. You guys remember the Christmas episode. Well, Fook doesn't remember. The- yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm not correcting you. The okay. other two remember. Did? Yeah, we had a we had a whole like Christmas Carol kind of thing. Don't you remember him with the shotgun and Santa? What's a shotgun? Well, I, he killed I'm not Santa. Sure. Yeah, I'm not sure, but it does. Your a boat lot of... is on fire. Yes, let's go. Let's go. go. Okay. Uh, Finnick opens up the trap door that got them there in the first place. Which key does this work with? Yes, yeah. you you found. Oh, the key on him. Yeah. On Pobis. Fook looks at his key, sees that he still doesn't know what it's used for. Taking a second look, this doesn't look like. A key that would be used in an office. This looks like a tinker's key. Ooh, I don't remember where that might go. Robertica's? Who? Finnick lowers himself down onto the scaffolding and uh, helps them down onto it as well. Fook lands like a sack of potatoes. Yep. The, as you're moving down, the scaffolding starts to shake. More fire seems to be licking out from the top of this building. Let's move it. Yes, but... I wonder if the door at the bottom has unlocked itself. We have keys. Good. Steve, come! Steve joins you. He he missed you. You have a sense of... that you, you called to him and he wasn't able to come, so it made him very sad. Yes, Steve, you should be able to cross dimensions. You're, <laughs> you're celestial. Are you seriously <laughs> chastising the poor dog? Well, he is a celestial dog. Oh, my goodness. This dog does everything for you. Let's go. Finnick pushes on the door to the outside. Yep, you're able to you're able to get out, you're able to escape. The building is a conflagration. As you put some distance to yourselves, you see that the top floor starts to crumble down. And the stone structure you know is gonna be all that's left in about an hour. You don't suppose that giant warehouse might have been used to build, say, a giant death robot? Uh no, I'm pretty sure we saw just about everything that was in there. No, I mean before. Like the robot might have left at some point. It's possible, I suppose. So you're standing in front of the massive fire uh, in the clearing of the woods. Are we in a safe distance? Sorry. Yeah, you're not going to get hurt by this fire. We should get back to that dance competition. They'd have worn themselves out by now. Um, Could I ask for 10 minutes while I maybe heal all of us a little bit from that adventure? No. Please. They might be killing each other. Do you want to die? I think this is worth the risk. Steve gallops forward, his belly scraping the road. If by road you mean the haphazard, very obvious, easy to track path you carved through the woods, then yes, you are following that back because you could hardly miss it. Uh, Finnick climbs back up to the branches and jumps from branch to branch like a squirrel. Oh, this didn't go well. (laughs) I remember that much. You remember that, but you don't remember Maldar and the Christmas and the Santa and the shotgun? What's a Santa? That whole thing you're talking about. Did I have my shield at the time? No, we didn't have any of our stuff. Well, that explains why I remember nothing. Why? If you don't have your shield, you don't remember anything? Yes, it's my visible memory. But you wouldn't have written everything down on this shield, would you? Oh, I move quickly. Oh, okay. Yes, without this shield, I'm essentially a blank slate. Right, because with the shield, you're brilliant. This is how I kept you fooled for so long, thinking that I had a memory. Ah. They reach the end of the forest. (laughs) (laughs) What was once a dance competition is a brawl. The popper wizards are shooting magic missiles. 
the tinkers are using wrenches and just getting in there. You see one tinker is on the back of a of a wizard who is whose eyes are covered, so he's shooting magic missiles all just in a circle. It is chaos. Fook forces Steve to rear up, which is not easy, and yells, Halt! The fighting stops for just a second. They look. Don't see anything. Look down. See you. Throw the body. The body. Fook reaches into his bag of pooping and throws a poopy body across the path. <laughs> they recoil in disgust. <laughs> this is the one who created the kerfluffle between your two peoples. But he doesn't look anything like Pobus. I know. He, he was the, the one that was tricking both of you into starting a war, and you played right into his hands. He was an imposter who disguised himself. That strains credulity. I have paperwork. Oh, we love paperwork. Very official. Please send forward a representative from each side, and we will go over this paperwork. This paperwork will solve all of your problems. I swear it to you. I guess. We're going to need stamps of authenticity. This has stamps. This has signatures. This has, well, spots of my blood. And I am an imaginary duke. Boom! Someone right. throws a tomato at you somehow. Mmm, food! <laughs> they do send one representative of each. The uh, the gnome who is sitting on the shoulders of a wizard is now ri- using that wizard as his mount and rides up. And another wizard who has a little gnome in a headlock that he's giving a noogie to drags the gnome over. Let's, let's see it! Well, this first one seems to be a sexual harassment complaint from HR, but um, I suppose some of these other ones are useful. Is the one that proves that he was an imposter? Yes, Fook holds out a random one. All right, uh, this one is the letter addressed from the Order of the Lazy All-Seeing Eye, addressed to Aurorus. It reads, You have been charged with a great and terrible mission to sow discord and violence between the wizards and the gnomes. Together they could rise up and stop us. Apart, they are weak and pitiful. Seek out the heart so that Coney may not retrieve it. Kill all who get in your way. And do something cool to make them respect us. You know, like a lair. Yeah, that's it. Are you getting this? Dictated but not read. (laughs) You have a wonderful reading voice. Well, I've practiced at Toastmasters. Well, nicely done. Thank goodness that was the one I randomly selected. The one under that is a requisition for sanitary wipes for the washroom because toilet paper is not strong enough sometimes. Wow, that was good value. There's also one on the... uh, Because you're going to get to this eventually. We're just going to cover this now. There's also one on the letterhead of the city... That is addressed to Aurorus, and it is his paycheck. Are we thinking another bank caper? I'm thinking the city is paying to have this up, have the gnomes and the wizards at war. I'm thinking these tax deductions are criminal. So, so I guess we keep this for proof. Proof. Great. And so that we might be able to cash it with one of your disguises. Yeah, but proof probably more important. Keep that check and the other piece of paper as proof. So does this uh, does this convince you, wizards and gnomes? The wizard who has the 
gnome in the headlock says, Fine, I suppose it does. I punches him a couple more times and then it throws the gnome on the ground. This means your two peoples can now work together against... Um, the city. The city. The city. What has a gnome ever done for a wizard? What could a gnome do for a wizard? Well, we buy a lot of your bags of pooping. No, true, true. Could you maybe fix our houses? We are so shabby. Well, that's one thing a gnome can do for a wizard. Maybe you should work together instead of giving each other nuggies. Yes, we can take something of interest. Right, well, it will be a long road back. You said it'll be a long road back. I thought it was only like ten minutes by foot. He means a metaphorical road to friendship and cooperation. Ah. Uh, so I feel like we should be getting off to uh, Roberticas if this is all. Oh, yes, and we should be uh, rewarded somehow. Oh, yeah. Yes. Is there a reward for this? Stopping a war? I feel like that's something that should be rewarded. You, we, we have so little. What would you take from us? Okay, not the popper no, wizards. Fine. Were any Rub of it the, in. Were any Fook of the dumps people... out 750 gold pieces. Where did that come from? Where, wait, what of the workers of the warehouse? Are they okay? Uh, well, they're kind of fricasseed. Is fricasseed the right word? Burnt to a crisp. Oh, conflagrated. Conflagrated. Yeah. They're dead. Oh, woe and lamentation. Yes, you're not going to be able to use those bodies for arts and crafts. It's going uh, to be terrible. This well, is a day of great tragedy. Some of them were gnomes. Don't. Agata is shaking her head very violently. A gnome violent. body not possible, properly used. It's terrible. How will we support ourselves? With this money he just gave you. Fook nudges the 750 gold forward. Did you lose your glasses? It's a lot of gold. The sad families start to pick it up, and they're not really into it. Then the rest of the combatants are sort of picking themselves up. Uh, you'll see here and there a wizard helping a gnome up, and uh, or they're a gnome shaking dust off the robes of a wizard. And they're going to get married. <laughs> there's, there's dust all over all of them. They all look the same. The 17 dead are being stacked at the side. Oh, more wizards than gnomes, I'm happy to see. Now do we have ten Too minutes? Too soon! <laughs> now do we have a few minutes to rest and refresh ourselves before we go fight something else? Yes, in fact, does your spell actually affect some of these people as well? Maybe some. Bring forward your grievously injured. Actually, three. Not you, Limpy. Oh, but I've been limping so long, even before this began. That's why. Two gnomes and a wizard move forward and are healed and everybody sort of starts separating and walking back to their homes. There's no great cheering. There's no great celebration. It's a somber occasion. Remember the name of Fuquimbles! And maybe Agatha? You've got a what? Nothing. My name. Agatha. Stokus. I healed, healed people. Oh, whatever. Uh, they follow the gnomes back to the Tinker Town. So it's uh, getting on towards dusk now. Everybody... They all just want to go home and sort of process the recent events. They have a new enemy and perhaps a new friend. And a few less friends, who the, the ones who are dead, obviously. The dead ones. So let's use this key. Wait, isn't there a little robot in there that you're very much looking forward to see? Uh, yeah, but doesn't the key turn it off? Isn't that a thing? Don't you have the key to oh, open yes. Robertica's shop? Hopefully it will disarm that little creature. Let's try. You go back to Roberta's shop, same door where your 
once great friend did her business and is, who is now dead, and you put that key into the lock. Wasn't she going to write down some stories about my past? Uh, she's dead now? Well, she might have had time before she went. Oh, maybe. We'll take a look. Yes. The key turns. You hear the same turning of gears and clicking and unlocking that you heard when a robotic opened it up for you. The door opens, and her guardian is inanimate. Okay, so maybe we're not going to die. Here, guy. Here, puppy. You think it's a dog? What? It, I, it likes belly rubs. No, Steve, he's not talking to you. Oh, no. The Guardian doesn't doesn't turn on this time. Oh. Oh, wait a sec. Uh, Finnick goes up and feels for a pulse. It had none. <laughs> but if it did, it's would have died of a broken heart. Its master is dead, so it is functionally dead. Well, that's very advanced thinking. Yeah. Does anyone... Like, I could I could use a pet. Does anyone know how to reanimate this thing? Feel free to rub my belly if you'd like to. Ah, uh, that's not what I meant. Uh, does anyone have any reanimation things? I could try and tink it. Cool. You do that. I'll search for the heart. And Agata, you look for the uh, stories. Fook kicks the thing twice and then gives up. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys are searching, you guys have been in this place before. Agata, you don't find you're looking through documents and you just find regular business documents here. There's nothing special. Finnick lifts up the trapdoor. Finnick, in that trapdoor, you see that there's a lock and a keyhole that doesn't look like a normal key. It doesn't look like the one he used to open the front door. It's almost heart-shaped. Looks like it needs some sort of locket or something. Too bad we don't have one. What about the locket Robertica gave you? Who? The lock. Robertica, the person who owns the shop, she gave you... Just look in your stuff. Look Ooh. for a locket. Oh, look, it opens. He opens it, sees the pictures of himself and his family, and says, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> a daughter so quickly reaches over and grabs the locket from him before he can go into a full flashback. Oh, yeah. uh, sorry. And you notice, as you do, the key wouldn't be inside. The locket itself is the key. Because it's heart-shaped. We knew that. Yeah. yeah. That's no surprise to anyone. <laughs> yeah, right I'm just saying this so we can That's move on. That's <laughs> still a failure of my perception. Well, role. let's include, we knew that. <laughs> Here, I gotta toss me the locket. Fine, you go stick the thing in the door. You might even call it an unlocket. Go away, no! <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? Fook closes the front door of the place. Phoenix <laughs> sticks the locket into the... Hole. Wait, so we didn't actually need to get this key anyway because the thing stopped working as soon as she died. We wasted a lot of time there. Finnick takes the locket uh, and puts it into the heart-shaped hole and opens the trapdoor. The sound of gears and moving inside of it opens a large section of the floor and there are stairs spiraling down. Why would she have my family's picture unlock this? I don't know, maybe... Maybe my family's down there. Fook runs down the stairs. This isn't going to go well. Nope. As you walk down, uh, there must be pressure plates because each step you take down turns on a light. Uh, another light flares up. Oh, good. If any poison darts start flying by, stop. You find yourself in a large room. There are tables covered in tools and parts of different mechanical constructs. There are more guardians. There's a whole row of guardians. 
unpowered. Oh. And there's what seems to be a bureau in the center. And on top of that is a shield with an eye emblazoned upon it and a letter on top of it. Like an actual written letter? Yes, a letter. Agata reaches for the letter. Fook reaches for the shield. Finnick looks around to see if there's any cool tools to take. Um, yeah, if you want to take some tools, there are plenty of tools there. There's very fine work. If you want to do some fine soldering or some filigreeing, even, you could have some of those tools. Anything he could use for picking things. No, no. It's not thieves' Damn tools. It. These are craftsmen's tools. All right. Well, okay. But very fine quality. They might be valuable. In which case, he knocks on the shield guardians to see if there's a way to awaken them. You have not the wit nor the sense to figure it out. Ha-ha! But the letter is headed, Dear Fook. Oh, Fook, I think this is for you. Do you want to read it? Ooh, why don't you read it for me? Dear Fook, there's so much I wanted to tell you, but I've got a feeling I won't get to. I, I guess if you're reading this and I haven't handed it to you in person, they, my feeling turned out to be true. I was never there in your beginning. I was only there in your middle. It was a great one, full of many great deeds that I'll remember forever, which evidently wasn't too long. <laughs> but I do know one thing. I remember hearing once the name of the town you came from. Ooh. It was called... Peligro. Ooh. They said it was far to the north of our kingdom. A small town. Nothing ever came out of. Ooh, Nothing well. Ever ha- Don't interrupt me when I'm writing. <laughs> 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 Dictated, not read. <laughs> Until you, I suppose. I don't know what led that witch to attack you. I don't know that. But if you are searching for answers someday... Maybe you'll find them there. I don't have a map of it, but I'm sure sure the name is better than what you had before. Well, it could have been a better name. I want you to take this shield. I came, came by it long ago, and I think you can make better use of it. You were always my sentinel, and now let this shield be your sentinel. So there's no heart here. Uh, that letter had a lot of heart. Oh, yes, I kind of agree. Okay, but I meant an actual physical heart. Maybe it's an idea of a heart that we have to bring back. (laughs) Maybe it's inside the bureau. Who said that? Oh, um, oh, let's let's check inside the bureau. Thanks for shadowing, Gnome. (laughs) Thanks, no worries. You forgot to close the door. I closed that door. I didn't lock it. Uh I'm stealing the goods. Steve, sick him. (laughs) He runs off. Finnick checks inside the bureau. Uh, There is a metal box inside one of the drawers on the side of this thing. Finnick opens it. A pump, a small, barely bigger than the size of one of Agata's fists, which we all know she's got pretty large hands. It looks like a heart, but it's mechanical. It glows red. As though there's some power inside. I think this is what we're looking for. Fook is still staring distractedly at the shield. It is gleaming. It it looks like it has never been touched. Picking it up, you gain a sense 
that you see the world a bit better. Your mind is a bit sharper. This does leave me with a very interesting situation. What's that? Because I now get to choose which of my memories I transfer over from the old shield to the new. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know if I want to remember Moldar. There's a pain there, and I think I might be better without it. To be fair, Fook, he did help us at the end there, and he did sacrifice himself. But he was a dick. Yeah, but he was a dick who sacrificed his soul, so you gotta give him something. There's sadness there, though. There's enough sadness in my life. Yeah, we could let him let this one go. Yeah. Whatever you need, Fook. Well, I have some time to decide. So uh, as they're leaving Robertica's store, uh, Finnick goes up to the shield guardian, rests his face against the leg, and says, I'll come back for you, buddy. One day. He'll be stripped for parts before then. Shh, let him have his moment. So it is getting towards dusk. You have your, you have the object of your quest. You're traveling a little light, about one tiefling light, and you guys now have to go back. You can, you have your free passes on these spider paths if you feel like fighting spiders to get home. Maybe we should find your barbarian friend to join us again. My barbarian? Oh, yes. Um, maybe Did we you could... forget about Balgar? No, I didn't forget about Balgar. You should write when... him on your shield. No, but when he called him old. my barbarian, getting it's like ownership. Old. I don't... Whatever. Yeah. How, how do we get home? How do we get back? The gnome that you saw when you first came to Tink Town, the Tink Tank, uh, sees you guys milling about. Oi, I see you guys look a little lost. Yes, we're trying to get back. All right. You're the guys who started all the fighting. No, stopped all the fighting. Stop, started. Time is a flat circle, you know? Time's a what? I'm not even sure. <laughs> what? Oh, it's a flat circle. Time's a flat circle. Uh, that doesn't even make sense in context. Just nope. let it go. Well, you could take the spider paths back if you want to fight your way up. I wouldn't go twice. I say, I say. Ooh, I've got a free pass. No, no spider paths. No spider paths. There's an experimental transportation we got. We call it the fling. Yes, I don't think I want to be flung. I love the sound of that. No. Have you ever heard of a trebuchet? Yeah, it's like a... Yes. Yes. I don't want to be thrown across town. Maybe there's something else? Um. Do we get parachutes? No. Oh. What? Huh? We can always just get mounts so that you could ride like Steve. I don't think Steve would be able to carry me. Well, I didn't say Steve himself. He's well, if we mine. had a shield guardian, that would have been fantastic. I think the wizards have something. Ooh. What do the wizards have? They call it the feather fall bounce. Yes, that doesn't sound better than the fling. They drop you up and they put these little trampolines through the city and you just have to try to hit the trampolines and bounce up again. Yeah, they've also devoted an entire wing of the hospital to it. Great. So what is a way that won't kill us that we can get back to the center of the town? Well, you could go with that guy. And he points across to a guy in sort of dirty coveralls. He's got the top out, like it's tied across his waist, and he's just got a filthy T-shirt. He's leaning against a Tudor City Works chariot. You guys need a lift? This has been Caverns and Comedians. 
Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto comedians. Starring Oliver Giorgio as Finnick the Rogue, Joanna Houghton as Agatha the Cleric, Scott Thrower as Fook the Paladin, Maddox Campbell as Hank the Wizard, and Kyle Scott as the Dungeon Master. Audio recording by Andrea Miller, theme by Derek Baldwin, edited by Maddox Campbell, created by Kyle Scott and Maddox Campbell. Opening and credits read by Ralph McLeod. Caverns and Comedians is a Kicks and Giggles production. More information can be found at kicksandgigglesentertainment.com slash cavernsandcomedians or on iTunes. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and review it. Your support will help us make more episodes. Thanks for listening.